The revolution is here. A movement of people free to live, work, and choose. We won't tell you what to think. We just demand that you think for yourself. This is Kibbe on Liberty. Hey, Glenn, how's it going? Great, how are you? You are in trouble. I, I read your book on the plane last night, mm. and I have questions. Okay, I hope but, I can answer them. Yeah. Well, I, I'm also going to try to get us both out of our two-year funk of, of depression and despondency about the future <laughs> of the world. Yes. And you try to do that in the last yeah. chapter, but I... I, I mean, I, there are other things. I mean, we have 28 states now working against ESG um, that are in, you know, one stage or another. I think people are waking up. Um, you know, it was still number one, and we're in the 11th week or something like that. Yeah. So people are waking up to it. So you... And this happens to you every time you write a book, I feel, but uh, despite massive book sales for... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flack it here. The Great Reset. Yeah. And there's some pretty creepy characters on the, yeah. on the cover there. Yeah. Um, it performed really well, but it was not acknowledged by, by the gatekeepers of book sales. Uh, well, not entirely true. Um, USA Today, Wall Street Journal, um, uh, BookScan, all number one. New York Times, I don't think we've, I don't think we've broken 13. Yeah. I mean, we, I, the first, one of the weeks, we sold like three times as many books as the number one book, and they had us at 13 or 14. I think we're currently at number 15. That's crazy, but I love it, because it it just exposes that they are truly gatekeepers. They are suppressing for their readers things that maybe their readers should read. Yeah. But they're acting as if, no, that's not a popular thing. That Nobody's talking about that. Well, they're actually lousy gatekeepers if Horrible. you think about it. Yeah. And so, and I, I'll be optimistic about about all of our news gatekeepers, inclu including big media, eventually, because I think it's hard. It's like whack-a-mole. They keep trying... They want to suppress the news about your book. They want to suppress stories that don't fit the mainstream narrative. They want to suppress anything that criticizes China. Um, and yet the, key, the stories the, get out. Yeah, the key here is um, that you just have to have a lot of different sources. Yeah. You know, it's whack-a-mole is a good way to describe it. We were talking about uh, China and Shanghai. Um, is that because Twitter isn't doing their best to suppress that? Or is there just a billion people trying to get that out. Yeah, I think there's so many voices and like so, so horrific what's going on there. And, and we should get into that because I feel like what's going on in Shanghai is at the core of the story oh, yeah. that you're trying to tell in this that book. That in Canada, they're, yeah. those two. I'm yeah. obsessed about the Canadian truckers. It is. I'm, I just talked to uh, the pastor, been arrested 16 times, has like 190 citations, um, just got out of prison, prison, solitary confinement, 50 days. Um, what he described, what he went through was hell. And he saw the paper, uh, the, all the paperwork. It was coming from the Trudeau administration. It wasn't going through the regular channels. Yeah. But it's talk awful. about whack-a-mole, like Trudeau um, perhaps showed too much of his hand mm. um, because the extreme measures he took against these, these beautifully peaceful protesters tells us what's in store for us next, right? Oh, yeah. They're going to debank us, mm -hmm. and they're going to jail us, and they're going to um, go after us simply for expressing opposition. 
So, and, and I think he had to pull back because... But he really didn't. I mean, he really didn't pull back. I mean, he ended the emergency, but that didn't change the results or the outcome for any of these people. Yeah. It's kind of like January 6th. We might not be talking about it, but they're still there. They're still there. Yeah. And not coincidentally, you've surely seen the video of uh, Klaus Schwab, mm -hmm. the Dr. Evil in your story <laughs> right, here. Right. He actually looks like Dr. Evil. He does. I mean, he, dress, you, he dresses I mean, like Dr. And Evil. And he's got a German accent. Anybody who's got, and, and we make it, maybe make it talk. You don't want that guy. That's like the last guy you should pick. But over and over again during the Canadian trucker things, you watch the video of Klaus Schwab saying, yeah. Justin Trudeau is my boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and my cabinet yeah. and his finance minister. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, there was something else that just came out uh, from, I don't know what it's called up in Canada, but basically a FOIA request from uh, Rebel Media. Um, they wanted documents, internal documents, and they found that the week that Trudeau was saying the Great Reset was a, uh, was a conspiracy theory, his finance minister was meeting with the great resetters, yeah. uh, putting it all together. They have all, he has all the paperwork. It's like, wait, you're saying this is not happening, but here's the paperwork from the same time. I, I love how they named it in a way that sounds like a big conspiracy. Oh, yeah. And then when you repeat the name that they named it, yeah. the, uh, the Great Reset, they're yeah. like, that's a conspiracy. Conspiracy. I know. <laughs> you're like, it's like uh, when the, you said uh, New World Order. Okay, I'm not saying that that's the Antichrist thing or whatever people might think it is, but I think they named it the New World Order. There's a New World Order emerging. Yeah. I think they did that. So when we said they're talking about a new world order it's easy to dismiss us as kooks i mean yeah. it's what i would do if i were them i'd be like oh this they'll eat this up just keep calling it the new world order so let, let's set a baseline in case people don't know what the world economic forum or who Klaus schwab or what the great reset is because the the basis of this book is 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 a critique and a warning that these guys have been working at this for a long time and, mm -hmm. and it's coming. What is it? So it is a new world order. It is, um, it's, it's funny, you can split the world in half. It's, it's gonna lead us to a bipolar world where you'll have Russia, China, and India, and probably Saudi Arabia, et cetera. They will be part of one axis power, if you will. We will have the allied power. The only difference is one side, China in particularly, and Russia uh, to some degree, one side is authoritarian but wants global control. The other side uh, is doing more of a regional thing. You know, they're just doing the free world. Uh, but it's the same total control. What you're seeing in China is what America is heading towards. They've come up with a, there's this great book by Stuart Chase. Do you know who he is? Mm -hmm. So Stuart Chase, the guy who coined the term, the New Deal, um, was in the FDR administration, uh, you know, wrote a lot. Um, it, towards the end of the war in 42 or 43, he writes a book called The Road in Which We're Traveling. He pretty much lays this out. And he said, look, this is where we're headed. He said, uh, 10 years ago, I would have called it 
fascism or communism, but we know that those things, the fruit that they bear now. Yeah. Uh, so he said, we just would call it system X, but here's what it is. It's not grabbing control. Of, sorry. It's not grabbing the, the, um, the property the of means, corporations. The means of production. Yeah. Yes. It's just, it's fascistic. It's just overseeing what that company does. And we're changing from shareholder capitalism to stakeholder capitalism, which removes really the individual from it because we, the people of America, are only one stakeholder, not as each of us, each individual stakeholders, but as a collective. And we choose our representative who will exercise our stakes yeah. there in Congress, okay? Um, so you really have no say whatsoever. And this is why when we had the Paris Accords and Trump pulled out, everybody freaked out. And I thought that, didn't you? I thought that was so strange. I'm yeah. like, guys, there's really no teeth to it. What are you doing? There weren't teeth in the actual environmental part. There, five days, the first five days prior to the official opening, the financial sector came to Paris. And all the big banks of the world, all the finance ministers, treasurers, and everything else, they all got together, and they put this financial structure together. If you don't comply, how are we going to enforce it? Not as a government, but as finance people. Yeah. Uh, and that's where the system of ESG really was born. E, environment, um, S, social, social justice, and G, corporate governance. So everyone will be um, judged on their ESG score. And it starts at the corporations. It's why Coca-Cola, it's why Nike, it's why all these people are leading the way going, we're woke even if our people aren't. Because the people don't count anymore. Yeah. It's the banking community and the government that counts. Um, and you will, just like in Canada with the truckers, you will lose your home, your mortgage, you'll lose your trucks, you won't be able to bank if you step out of line. They're currently saying, they're these conspiracy theory, but that's exactly what it is. Yeah, you know, the... And, and you and I and, and a lot of folks in our community have been talking about the um, Chinese social credit system. Oh, yeah. And why Vaxports and, and, mm -hmm. and various electronic means of tracking people's behavior is really the infrastructure to build the Chinese model. And you're using the word fascist correctly, which nobody does I know. anymore. It's, uh, it's not about Nazis and rounding up the Jews. It's, it's about control yeah. without and, ownership. It's, it's, it's about controlling business instead of owning business. Correct. And the, the Chinese social credit system is kind of, uh, it's the prototype for this because the bankers are nominally private. Mm -hmm. The tech companies are nominally private. The enforcement mechanism of the government program is very much a partnership mm -hmm. with, with government. Public-private par pr public partnership? Yeah. What could go wrong? Yeah. And, you know, in a lot of ways... Most efforts to impose socialism in the past have ultimately devolved into some form of fascism because you, you, you actually need some markets mm -hmm. just to produce stuff. Mm -hmm. You need particularly food. And, and 
the, the serious efforts to eliminate the market, like like Mao or Pol Pot, or even under war socialism with uh, with Lenin and Stalin, that failed because too many people died too quickly. Um, uh, but under this system, it's it's more dangerous, I think, because it's more sustainable. I think so too. the 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 difference between this, you know, we say it never it never works, is because you can't you can't you don't have the information about what is motivating the invisible hand. By the time that gets to Washington or whatever capital, it's too late. That hand is already yeah. producing. You know what I mean? This, because of what they're coming with, the uh, you know, uh, central bank digital currency, that will be tracked and will be programmable. So it will know what is happening at the very lowest level. It will know individually what's happening. So the algorithm can pick it up and say, oh, you know, just like the you know, a CDC does now with Google results. Oh, there, it looks like there might be a COVID outbreak in this area mm -hmm. because what people are Googling, you know, I have the sniffles and fever. Um, that's going to be the same thing where they'll be able to see where all of that money is going. Their theory is we now know the invisible hand of market so we can control it. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think it's going to work. I think when people, when people see, and I, uh, I think it'll be much harder once it starts, because as you say, it might work. Yeah. Um, when people see what has been taken from them and that they are now living for the scraps off the table of whoever is in the you know good zone with the elites, um, I think they're going to be quite upset. Yeah. Quite upset. And... It, and we always hope for that, and you see it. Like um, I, I thought, the the Canadian truckers were the moment, um, sort of akin to when the first Tea Party protest showed up after the Wall Street bailout. Mm -hmm. um, there was a time when I was despondent in 2008 that, like, it's over. This, this. No, it's not. And it's it's obvious. I don't think it's ever over. But what happens, and you can never predict what it is. But the Canadian truckers turned out to be the catalyst that I think is transformative. We still don't know where this goes, but I think that is the revolution against this sort of conformity. So here's the, here's the problem that I think we're going to have, um, is I think this is going to happen so fast based on an emergency. I mean, I talk yeah. a lot about don't let a serious crisis go to waste. Yeah. Um, what we are building right now with energy um, and as a result of energy, fertilizer, food, distribution, all of it, um, there will be a serious food crisis. People will starve to death in parts of the world because of what's being done right now. Mm -hmm. uh, and if that, if you have that and a financial, a real financial collapse, you know, you saw what Americans did when they understood the Constitution in yeah. World War, you know, prior to World War II. Yeah. They will, they will find people that will feed them. The, the chilling lesson of the last two years is that if you scare people, you can they, will, they will comply. And they learned that lesson, and they are going to scare us. Which is why the narrative, I mean, your, your book comes out at exactly the right time because we're currently fighting about the narrative over the last two years. Mm -hmm. Why did this happen? Did 
protected all of the liberties and frankly our humanity did giving that up actually keep people safe and and there oh, are no. people insisting to this day that the lockdowners the people that engineered this this crisis are insisting this and that it feels like the achilles heel might be hap what's happening in shanghai because it was the chinese model lockdowns were the chinese model and the tools that they used were the infrastructure of a, of a social credit system type thing. Um, but the goal, zero COVID, was never possible. And shouldn't be. It's, that, is, that is the much more dangerous uh, in many ways. Uh, but that is the equivalent of too big to fail. TARP, we're not going to let any bank fail. We're not yeah. going to let anybody fail. You can't do that. And it's bad for the system if you do that. Yeah. This, this ignoring of natural immunity um, and, you know, uh, chicken pox parties is, is ridiculous. Yeah. I want to take this concept, um, you know, the, the Great Reset you describe technically as, as the new fascism. I don't, I don't know if you use the word new, but it's sort of this technocratic. Yeah, I think it's the rise of the 20th century, fa 21st century fascism. 21st century. Yes, I should read the book cover. Can. <laughs> you can't judge a book by cover. <laughs> um, but what's interesting, and this is a deep dive that I did, trying to figure out sort of, uh, you know, I immediately looked at the, the at Fauchism, and I was calling it scientism, which is a is a phrase that Hayek came up with mm. when he was trying to explain the origins of socialism and why it wouldn't work. And he wrote a book called The Counter Revolution in Science, which is a critique of, of sort of the, the fanciful theories of people that thought you could use the, the, the tools of the hard sciences, um, which were considered more truthy, right? And apply that to humans, like come up with a science of, of humans and politics. And the, the founding father of the word socialism was a guy named Henri de Saint-Simon. And he was a French aristocrat that wanted to use what the, the surprise. Yeah, the, <laughs> the French. I mean, yeah. what do you do? He was so um, he was so enamored of hard science and applying it to people that he actually came up with this idea. Of, he called it the Council of Newton, and there would actually be temples to Newton. This is not a joke. And he said, "We're gonna wow. we're gonna take the scientists and the engineers and the business leaders." and the really smart people that we put in government, and we're gonna give them all the power to redesign things from the top down. So I'm thinking Sounds about- Sounds like Wilson. Yeah, but I'm thinking that's, that's what it we're is. doing here. It is. Rule by experts. Yeah, um, that, but that's been the progressive dream yeah. forever. Look, people don't know what they're doing. People are too stupid to get it. We're all educated, we know. And when you couple that with collective, you can mass murder or starve to death anyone you want, because it's, look, you're going to have to break a few eggs if you want to make an omelet. Yeah. Um, and, and this has been the progressive dream. If you, if you read a horrible book called um, uh, 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 Philip Drew, Administrator, that's what it is, written in 1915. It was... Um, 
Wilson's favorite book. He read it five times during his administration. I don't recommend reading it once, but you can. Um, but it spells out pretty much what this is, yeah. what's happening right now. Yeah. That's what they wanted, a benevolent dictator. Yeah. And and by the, by the way, the original version of socialism, the St. Simone socialism, wasn't violent. It was it was supposed to sort of naturally happen that people would cede all of their personal choices and responsibilities sure. to the experts. And it wasn't until Marx came along sometime later and said, no, it's only going to happen if we kill a bunch of people. And so the Marxist model was more violent, but this was sort of that well, elitist one, technocratic version. This one they think will be nonviolent. Yeah. But I contend what happened in Hong Kong what happened, what's happening in France, what's happening in Germany, what's happening in Sweden, the UK with Brexit, Canada with the truckers here. It's the same thing. Yeah. You know, you, you, nobody ever in the news ties all those things together. But what, what are all of those things? Those things are all saying the same thing. You're telling me I have to live a certain way. No, yeah. I'm done with that. You are not the boss of me. That's what all of these things are. It is truly the elites against the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's why they have to work so hard on silencing people. Um, they work so hard on making an example out of those truckers um, because you have to scare people into submission. And when that happens, if you don't stand up for yourself, it because they just keep growing in power until you can't. Yeah. And I obviously, and you side on the side of people pushing back against that. That's, mm -hmm. that's the story. Peacefully. Peacefully. Oh, 100% peacefully. We've, we've talked about this yep. in the past. Yep. Like, if, if we, uh, by the January way. January 6th. Yeah. I mean, you do, you make one error like that. That's a, I mean, uh, to me, that's, so stupid it has to be an FBI plot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? The, well, obviously the government wanted the narrative. Sure. The left wanted the narrative. Yep. And somehow... It happened. It happened. Mm -hmm. And the, what... But it never happened with the truckers, even though... Yeah, I know. Even though they Trudeau said from day one, they're violent, they're racist. Like, you were, these talking points might ring a bell because I feel mm -hmm. like other movements have been accused of these same things. I don't things. know what you're possibly <laughs> saying. Couldn't be the Tea Party or the event on the mall in Washington, yeah. which was, you know, it's, it, they need that yeah. narrative. They want that narrative. And uh, Canada just didn't, I guess, I guess they couldn't get FBI agents up there fast enough. Yeah. And it, it turns out that, that people organizing spontaneously um, can do very beautiful things. And they don't believe it on the left because that doesn't happen that way. Right. You know, there is no, there are, there, there isn't, except on college campuses now, there isn't any organic, spontaneous, hey, you know, that's, that's not a dude. You know, yeah. if you want to, whatever, you say whatever you want, fine. But I think there is, uh, a vast majority now still silent that is like, I, I, you know what? I, I, am per I am perfectly fine with everybody. I don't really care, but enough is enough. Yeah. Enough is enough. I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's like your children 
you know, you don't you don't discipline them on absolutely everything or you'd be only saying negative things to them all the time. Yeah. But there comes a point to where even the most tolerant parents are like, OK, enough. And I think we're getting there. Yeah, I think we're there. What? Well, yes, <laughs> I hope. I, I hope. I, I think I think it's our job to to give people a little bit of firepower to get there. But I, I want to take a step back um, because I feel like you've been talking about the Great Reset and the World Economic Forum long before it was cool. Like, <laughs> like I feel like way back. And I, I don't know if you remember when you started talking about this stuff. No, I, uh, I mean, I started looking for the structure. I mean, that's why when you started FreedomWorks, I was so into it because I'm, I'm like, oh, this is the structure, but for good. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? This is a clean way to do this. Um, the structure on the left is just f phenomenal, phenomenal. I remember I had research done. It was about this thick uh, stacks of paper that was all just on the Tides Foundation, all the stuff that we figured out how that system worked. And uh, everyone was like, oh, that's nothing. That's crazy. That's conspiracy. But you watch it. And it's the same structure over and over and over again. And the Davos crowd, you know, I always thought they're going skiing. They're yeah, I always thought it was just rich people hanging out. Me too. Feeling good. Me and too. Spending other people's money. Right. And when I first heard about the Great Reset, I'm like, there's no way this is happening. No way. Who are these skiers that are, oh, yeah, they control the world. Um and then you start really listening to them and seeing the structure that was built and seeing what they're saying. For instance, Klaus Schwab talking about Canada and saying, we have people are very proud. I could go anywhere to any cabinet uh, running any country. And uh, I know that one and that one and that one. We have every cabinet uh, filled with our people. Okay, that... That's no longer a conspiracy because you're saying it out loud now. Yeah. And that's frightening. Yeah. Um, they have tremendous power. Um, and the thing is, they figured it out. You know, the progressives, they captured education and then they captured, they tried to capture the courts and then they captured the, the Democrats and then they captured parts of the Republicans. Um, they captured Hollywood. None of that stuff worked. Um, they knew they had to capture, you know, every bit of culture after the 60s. It still wasn't enough. The 1980s, they realized boardrooms. Mm -hmm. We have to have the boardrooms. Now that they've captured the financial system, the government, uh, the enforcement arms of the government, uh, and the corporations... You pretty much have it all. You have it all. This is the final thrust. If this, if this doesn't work, we crush them in the end. Yeah. But this is going to be a tough fight that I don't think people, you know, if you've read the book, I think you're, you're, you, you can see that book was really hard um, because my co-author and I, um, Justin, he would call me or I'd call him and I'm like, this is genius. This is just, there's no way out. This is genius. Um, but there are ways out, but it takes everybody to wake up pretty quick. It's a combination of, of Dr. Evil sort of values where we're going to 
control people and manipulate people, and this is our model because we know that we're better than they are. Yeah. Combined with lining up the incentives in a way that corporate America falls into line. Yeah. Um, because you know there's a there's a biscuit at the end of end of the tunnel, mm -hmm. right? And that that's part of what we need to understand. And like, I'm mad at some of my fellow libertarian friends who will say about big tech, well, they can do whatever they want. They're a private company. I'm uh, like until they've until they become a private a public private partnership with the government, right? Once, once the, the government, the the real solution, to all of this, not more laws or anything else, it's telling the government clearly, you have no seat at any corporate table, period. You have nothing. Stop all of the lobbying and everything. Nothing. Your only job, make sure everybody is playing fairly. That's it. And you know what? Let them go. It's the problem is that these corporations are in a public-private partnership. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at look at the devastation of Russia. This is going to come and bite us in the ass big time because we've just blown up the dollar. Mm -hmm. We've just blown it up. Um, and the world isn't stupid. They know that. They've known for a long time. When we bailed TARP out, that when we, we did TARP, when we bailed those banks out, that's when the world knew, oh... They're not interested in the world currency, you know, reserve currency anymore because they're not sacrificing for the currency. They're bailing things out yeah. because they want their stuff now. Yeah. And, and they knew that. When you look at, I've seen sanctions. I mean, I'm almost 60 years old. For the love of Pete, I've seen sanctions my whole life. They never work. Why? Because you can't get everybody on board. When I saw the number of corporations that just suddenly, whoa, we're there. And when McDonald's said, they're not going to do it. And then three days later, they said, we felt the reputational risk of McDonald's was too high not to get involved. Reputation, you, you run a place, run... Your mascot is wearing big red shoes. What are you talking about reputational risk? They meant with the banks and the insurance companies. And when they'll ditch the billions that they put into Russia and the billions of infrastructure that they have invested in that country and walk away, that's a pretty intense power. And if they'll use that power against a guy whose country is full of nukes, and he might be so bat crap crazy that he might push a button. If they'll do that to him, why wouldn't they do it to Glenn Beck and Matt Kibbe? Why wouldn't they? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we are crumbs. Putin is not a Canadian trucker. No. No. But they might also do it. Like, I, I felt like it was a dry run. Um, I've never seen sanctions work. Um, but I felt like it was a dry run for the next time, let's say President DeSantis decides that he's not playing ball with the machine. You mean um, Governor DeSantis or President DeSantis? I'm talking about President DeSantis. Okay. This is a hypothetical. Like okay. This like is a hypothetical. Okay. Um, or somebody that mm -hmm. would be equally annoying to the, the regime, mm -hmm. the global regime. Mm -hmm. um, that same campaign 
could be launched against any country for any sin. Oh, yeah. A real sin like invading Ukraine or a sin that you're not, you're not playing ball with. That's why the world, all of the, I mean, I told this to Donald Trump. The last guy I thought would be clean is Donald Trump. You know what I mean? He built buildings in like 10 minutes, skyscrapers in New York. I know. I watched the skyscrapers, you know, and his would just go. Woo, woo, woo. Everybody else would take years. And I thought, this guy has got to be, you know, a little friendly with the mob to get things happening that fast. He's had every every one of the five eyes definitely have done deep dives on him and his family. And you got nothing. That shocks me. You've got nothing. He would not play ball. I think he actually believes in America first in ways I don't necessarily agree with. But he believes and he would see this and go, no freaking way. I mean, once he got out of the Paris Accords, whether he knew what was going on or not, this guy cannot be president. And that's why you had Every, I mean, you saw it after the election. All these corporations yeah. proudly said, we helped get him out. Yeah. All the countries that were spying, and it's because this new global order will not accept somebody like DeSantis or Trump or anybody else that says, no, we're not playing ball with you. But the, to go back to the whack-a-mole metaphor, like they, they start to show their hands when, when Amazon just pulls a plug on Parler. Yeah. Um, that's a desperate act. That's, oh, that's not yeah. a sophisticated act. Oh, they're terrified. They, they know how close they are to the edge. They know it. And, and it, it is demonstrated in, I went up to Idaho. I've been visiting states all over um, the country trying to talk to them, answer questions about the Great Reset. And um, so I've been meeting with state senators, state houses, uh, and governors saying, look, th these are the things you should understand about this. I went up there and I mean, I, I talked, it was done. It was, they were all like, oh my gosh, absolutely done. Right after I left, five of the big lobbyist firms from banks show up from Washington, DC, and they just start cornering people and Gosh, I, I, I would hate to say they've got funding for their re-election, but all of a sudden these five big banks, Idaho, what, are you afraid that we're the potato people are going to, I mean, really, Idaho? They said they've never seen anything like it, and they flipped it. They flipped them anti-conspiracy theory. This is just business. We have a right to do our business the way we want to do business, and they flipped them. They are freaked out because they know it's not done yet. They, the one thing that beats all of that concentrated power and all that money being poured into politics is people. And that's, the, like, that's, that's why I'm optimistic because every time they overstep, there seems to be an alternative pathway. People are clever. People are entrepreneurs. And you don't need everybody to be that way. And also, this is something that has bothered me since, what, 1979? This has always bothered me. I think it's one of the most accurate things in Star Wars. The stupid shaft 
from the center, from the top, the surface of the Death Star that goes right to the center. That's what these people do. Right. You know, they, right. you won't see it right away. They won't see it. But you look at it long enough, all of a sudden, there's just going to be this shaft that goes right to the heart of it because they're, they're global planners. Yeah. You know what I mean? They've all, they're building this machine and nobody is thinking, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the, I, I think the shaft might be their money and what they've done to their money and, and blockchain and crypto. There's a reason why Hillary Clinton pronounces that, that crypto is the problem. Mm -hmm. um, because that probably is their Achilles heel. Um, they, they can go with their modern monetary theory and they can just completely destroy the money supply and they can try to globalize that. But it's just going to push people into alternatives. Yes. This is, this is and, and you didn't spend a lot of time on, on blockchain, but I, I still hang some of my hope um, on blockchain solutions oh. that, that eliminate the need for Amazon servers. And yes, we can create our own, but as a lot of people have pointed out, you, you go create an alternative to Facebook or an alternative to the banking system, it can still get taken over mm -hmm. by the bad guys. Mm -hmm. You need something that can't be taken over, mm -hmm. and that's where that's where that's where blockchain type solutions become fundamental. Which is why the Biden administration is is softening the ground on the regulation takeover destruction of cryptocurrencies. This is the next mole to whack. Is cryptocurrency? Yeah. Yes. So why do you say oh softening the ground? I thought you meant softening the uh, pounding of them because i don't see them softening their pounding no they're, they're it's well it's it's their first salvo right yes Here, here's an executive order it's loosely worded no that, um, <laughs> that executive order that's a central bank currency yeah i mean are you familiar with hamilton the hamilton project with mit and the uh, mm -hmm. uh f the uh, central bank of boston um you know when he says I'm going to, sorry, like this, I'm going to put an executive order out that wants you to do a study for six months and get back to us on this idea I just had today about a central bank currency. Go to the Fed, Boston. Yeah. There's a 75-page document already there. They've done it with MIT. Yeah. They have it. So this was just a, a, a little show for everybody to go, oh, wait, are they going to do are they going to do their own central bank currency? No, that's a conspiracy theory. He's only looking into it. It's already there. Yeah. Um, and it specifically does not use blockchain because they do need some oversight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, can, you can't trust that. To, no, you can't trust that. To people. Drug people will yeah. use that. It's the, and so, like, there's a technology hack that I, I think they're scared to death but it's, it's intimately related to the other um, Achilles heel, the other shaft in the Death Star, is people and the values mm. that hold people together. And, and to go back to the Canadian truckers one more time, there were some core values. I would call them libertarian values. You might call them conservative values. I, think, I don't know what any of those things mean anymore. Well, they, it, they've, every word is meaningless, but the values aren't meaningless. Correct. 
So like think decency, think, honor, hard work, self reliance. Yeah, you know. But think, think about the four things that I've I've boiled it down to four, which is totally arbitrary. But um, people were showing up finally. Americans didn't do it, but Canadian truckers did. The freedom to work and earn a living for your family. Yeah. Just just reacting viscerally against this idea that somebody wasn't essential. And mm -hmm. that you didn't have, you didn't have a, a God-given right to, to go earn a living and work hard. Mm -hmm. It's not, I hate to say right to work because that has baggage of, of, of legislative and political stuff. Um, the right to leave your house and to cross like, like, I don't know about you. Well, you're in Texas, so you had a different experience. But in the Northeast, if I wanted to leave D.C. in March, April, May of 2020 and drive into New England... I would be stopped at the border. I might be arrested in, in states like New York and Connecticut. Do you remember this? People forget that. I never saw the roadblocks. I mean, because COVID happened, and I was here in Texas for, what, three months? And I said to the family, let's go up to Idaho. I have a ranch there. Yeah. Let's go up to Idaho. We got in the car. We drove past all those states. Yeah. I had, I had uh, uh, Gaston write me a memo because reporters, the yeah. media was exempted from hmm. this. So I had a little fancy piece of paper that said that I was with a media company so that I was unlike people. I was, <laughs> I was a, a special class. So wouldn't, I mean, gosh, it would be nice to be a non-essential worker because then you could just stay at home unless there's food shortages and then maybe only essential people get food or more food than others. I mean, you don't ever want to have anyone deemed non-essential. That's not, not, that's not a good thing when you're mo moving towards fascism. Well, it's, it's anti-human because it turns out that, that people need purpose. Yeah. And this is, the, you know, <sighs> AOC talks about dignity and she thinks you can pass it with legislation or get it from a politician. But dignity is the freedom to go earn a living for your family. Correct. Um, and that's what they took away. And that's, I think, that the visceral reaction, which wasn't conservative or libertarian, was just human. Like, you can't do that to me. Well, the first thing they took away, remember, is the right to fail. And there is no dignity without suffering along the way. You know, because you can't, right. you have nothing to be proud of. If it's just, it's guaranteed, I, I'm going to be successful at yeah. this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit this mediocre range because they're not going to ever let me fail or suffer. Uh, well, what am I proud of in the end? I'm proud that I made it against all odds. This, this is the, I, I, I feel like that's such a core value that, that we need to rediscover and, and why Jordan Peterson is so powerful. Yes. Because that's really his message. It is. Is make your bed, take responsibility. You're going to fail, but it's going to be okay. Keep trying. And, that will give you purpose in life. And during the lockdowns, they took that away from people. Yeah. They said, that's not yours anymore. What's really frightening, are you you're familiar with the Fourth Industrial Revolution? No. Okay. So Fourth um, Industrial Revolution is something that I've been talking about for 20 years. Klaus Schwab wrote a book about it Okay. Uh, four years ago. And it's what anybody who is a futurist or, you know, technology geek knows, that... Um, I used to say it this way, the industrial revolution that we are you know, now out of, the industrial revolution 
from when was a cotton gin, 1830, 1840. Um, that really planted all kinds of seeds, just the cotton gin to overthrow slavery. Okay. So from the cotton gin to 1940, you got a hundred years of going from, I have to have a whole bunch of people picking cotton to, I've got a refrigerator in my house and a telephone and a car. Okay. Think of the changes that happened in that hundred years. It, it's, it's unlike anything ever happened ever before. Okay. That took a hundred years. We have the fourth industrial revolution, which is now the tech revolution and the AI algorithm revolution. That's going to be, that'll happen in 10 years. It'll happen by 2030 is, is really the absolute zenith of it. And then it doesn't stop, mm -hmm. okay? Y you have so many people being put out of work. You have so many people that are not going to be able to keep up. I mean, I can barely keep my television stops working. I'm at the point and I'm like, boy, <laughs> my son come down. Can you fix it? Yeah. Um, think of the people that are going to be left behind that will just won't have a job because that job's not done by humans anymore. You know, and the 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 accounting that's that's done. That's over. There's not going to be an accountant in the world. Um, even all the way down, I don't know if you've heard the first AI song. Have you heard this? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It is a good song, the musics and the lyrics written by AI. And I think the voice is even AI. You'd never know. And it's a good song. Um, when you start having that kind of change that fast, mm -hmm. you're going to leave all of these people in the dust. A, joblessness is number one on revolutionary scale. Hunger, loss of meaning and mm -hmm. purpose. They know, the great resetters, they're building the cage, not just because they're, you know, they're Dr. Evil, but because they know, they started here with, hey, the tech people, we've got an industrial revolution here that's going to change everything and completely overturn the world and its stability. You guys paying attention to this? And I think their politicians knew our time is coming. Uh, the media knew our time is up. Uh, the banking sector, too big to fail. This is not going to last. Tech was the last one to be eaten, uh, and it will. it's still not quite there, but it's close. And I think tech told them these problems and because they're all working together to solve these things. And I think tech said, look, you protect us, we'll protect you. We will help you, but you have to help us because they're coming for all of us, guys. And it's just this nice little package of these elites yeah. that are protecting their own ass, not just because they've screwed everything up, but because they know the tech revolution that we're in the midst of now. Elites protecting their own ass is not a new story, though. So that no, it's not. So the and but what is different is the scale of yeah. this change. That's why when they said, "Stay in your homes." They're preparing you mentally. They're A, why would they incentivize people not to go back to work?
because they don't, those people will not have jobs in the next eight to 10 years. There's going to be so much displacement. Spread it out. Get some of that displacement happening now. I mean, a lot of them, like um, the fast food industry, has replaced people with robots over the last two years. And it was a trend that was starting because of Correct. regulations of minimum wage. Trucking. Um, what a great way to get trucks, these gigantic trucks, without a driver in them. Yeah. What a great way to get those on the roads after 10 years or eight years of like, can we get a delivery of something, please? I mean, you're, you'll beg for the things that we would have fought just, just on job losses. You'll beg for those things quickly. But the power is with the people. Is with the people. Yeah, yeah. And like the, go back to Jordan Peterson for a second, something magical happened. Um, I, I went to one of his concerts, maybe you have as well, and this was a while ago now, mm -hmm. but like a lot of young people that I had never seen before, they weren't part of any movement. Mm -mm. They were, there were a lot of young couples there and they were looking for that thing we were talking about, meaning yeah, and dignity and purpose. And, and I think what the central planners, the, the, the Dr. Evil Klaus Schwab world will deny them is that. And that's everything. That's, that's at the core of Cause humanity. Because you, you're already seeing that. Look at our suicide rates. Yeah. Our suicide rates have never been like this. And we are at the, I mean, I was going to say we're at the peak of our prosperity, but I think that's past us, um, at least if we continue down this road. But we have, I mean, can you name a time you'd rather be born than right now? I mean, I, I can't think of a time to be alive in the world, any place in the world that would be better than America right now, even with all of our problems. Right. Um, there's, there's no reason for us to be this, except none of it means anything. Mm -hmm. None of it means anything. So you're, you, 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 you try, after telling me all the reasons we're screwed in this book, the last chapter um, basically says, go local, get yeah. back to face-to-face -face relationships and rediscover those core values that, that make being a person worthwhile. Yeah. And it's the only hope. That's what, like, I want to believe they, they can't strip that from us. And they'll try. I know they can. I mean, we've, we've studied these horrific experiments where, where humans become monsters because of centrally imposed rules that if you starve a person long enough, they lose their humanity. And we're, we're doing this in Shanghai right now. Um, people screaming from, from their high-rise buildings. They're, they're beating their pets to death in the street. Like, at least now we get to see what this looks like. We don't have to wake up in the matrix and there discover... Still, a, there, there's half the country that still is saying, that won't happen here. I think libertarians, Probably more, more than half. Yeah, I think I think a lot of I think a lot of the people that think like we do are there going. Uh, I just did a whole I did a whole episode on stop telling me it it's too crazy it won't happen here and I I had a whole chalkboard full of things tightly written of just what's happened off the top of my head. Yeah, it's insanity to think that it won't happen here, but we have a lot of people that say, oh, it's different. We, we would never do that. Yeah. Yes, you will. But 
social entrepreneurship, just like plain old entrepreneurship, is just a couple people yep. standing up and saying, guys, we got a problem, and everyone else saying, you're crazy. Mm-hmm. And then, then slowly, you can draw people away. This was the left's strategy for how they took over town hall meetings, how they took over the media, how they took over the schools. You start at the margins. So I'm, I'm thinking that people keep asking me, they probably ask you all the time, how do we start another Tea Party? And I say, we're not going to start another Tea Party. That was a decade ago. Those different set of issues. Um, there were some core values yeah. that I think are still there. And it became a machine and a, a national machine that became co-opted, I think, in the end. And it, it got corrupted by politics. Yep. And we've talked about this a thousand times. Yep. And um, But the next revolution is is about people defending their own humanity, I think. Yeah, I do too. And I haven't said it that way before, but as we talk, I'm thinking about this because I, I always thought that the revolution is going to be based on some simple values that um, would be much broader than than our tribe. And I thought the Canadian truckers represented that. That was that that might have been the tipping mm-hmm. point for me. So so how do we how do we help people? get there i think we um encourage people i just did a monologue today um stop looking for big ideas and big people that you can elect it's it's not that you get elected locally i don't care if it's dog catcher zoning board is huge um school board is huge but whatever it is you need to do it locally and it needs to be local Um, and it needs to be something that you are that helps you and others be self-sufficient you know because there's it's when you say you know individual acts of of being human um, individual acts of dignity it I don't think it will start let me say it this way and I'm not comparing what's coming to this but Remember the Hunger Games, the first one? Mm-hmm. She wasn't she wasn't the mocking jay. Right. She just volunteered to take her sister's place. That's all that was. Yeah. It was her saying, "No. Uh, I'm human. You're not. I am." Okay? One person just saying, "I'm going to do that." And that starts the ball rolling. It's mm-hmm. going to be little acts of dignity that change everything yeah it always is yeah and it got us this far Mm -hmm. for all of the the evil doctor evils trying to stop us and cage us and design us um let's end it there okay thank you (laughs) i love talking to you (laughs) Thanks. That was a, such a beautiful ending, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, you're just like, I'm done. Let's go. <laughs> let's drop the mic. Yeah. Thanks for watching. If you enjoyed that show, make sure that you like and subscribe. Click the little bell so that you get notifications. And if you consume this via podcast, go wherever you want to go. We're everywhere. Kibbe on Liberty. The revolution starts now.